The last few verses of the portion of Bereshis reveal a very enigmatic event in the history of the world, God's regretful thought for having created man. In chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, read, Ve'inochem Hashem ki asa esa adam ba'aretz v'yisatsev elibay. God regretted having created man, and he was grieved in his heart. Ve'yemer Hashem emcha esa adam. And so God said, I will wipe man out, asher barasi, who I created, me'al pneha adama, from upon the earth. Me'odam ad behema ad remes v'ad eifa shamayim. From mankind to animals to the creeping crawly things and to the fowls of heaven. Kinihamti ki asisim. For I regret that I made them. In verse 6, Rashi tells us that this word vayinachim will always mean regret and reconsidering having done something a certain way. Yet in verse 7, Rashi comments on the words ki nichamti ki asisim and says, Hoshafti mal asais ki asisim. I'm considering, I'm thinking what to do because I made them. This explanation is not only unlike the explanation of Targum Yenison, who explains the word nichamti as regret, and while his explanation of Torah is often based on drush, Rashi's explanation differs also to the Targum Onkelos explanation of this word, which is an explanation on the literal intention of the words, who also explains the word as regret. Why differ to his own explanation in verse 6? Perhaps we might say that Rashi isn't explaining nichamti as regret, because even a child can understand that God doesn't experience regret as we understand it. It's not the human experience of regret. And therefore, Rashi explains the word here to mean I considered or I thought. But this explanation would be challenging as that would have been true of the earlier usage of this word in verse 6. Yet Rashi explains the use of this very word there to mean just that, God reconsidering his creation. His previous thinking was changed as in he regretted his previous actions. As well, among the examples and proofs that Rashi provides in verse 6 is the very verse in Bamidbar, in chapter 23, the words, God is not like men, that he should lie, nor is he a mortal, that he should regret. Yet for some reason, Rashi has no issue explaining the word nichum in verse 6 as regret, despite the fact that God is not like men and does not regret his actions like men. In fact, the other verses that Rashi brings as proof to his explanation in verse 6 of regret all reference God reconsidering, God rethinking a previous action. So why doesn't Rashi explain the words in verse 7, Nihamti asher asisim, in the same way? Why here does Rashi suggest that the verse means not, I am rethinking, but I am thinking, 
not a direct indication of regret. Here's another issue. According to Rashi's explanation, that Nihamti in verse 7 means, I'm thinking what to do, the words kiasisim, because I made them, do not smoothly follow. The words, I'm thinking what to do, require a why. Simply put, I'm rethinking what to do because man has become so evil, rather than I'm thinking what to do because I made man. Because I made man is not a reason for why God is now thinking about what to do. An early explanation of Rashi on the same verse, which too at first glance seems not to be a clear explanation of the original intention of the verse, will help us understand what we're working with here. Rashi explains the word, I will wipe man out, saying, man is dust, and I will bring water to wipe him out. Thus the term, I will wipe him out. Simple explanation of the word is to erase, as it's used in the portion of Beshalach, where God says, I will surely erase or wipe out the memory of a Amalek from beneath the heavens. There's no explanation offered by Rashi there about flooding a Amalek. To wipe out means simply to wipe out. So why does Rashi explain the words to wipe man out in our verse as flooding them with water? The explanation would be that the following portion of Nayach tells us that God instructed Nayach to build an ark into which he, his sons, his wife, and daughters-in-law, as well as the all as all the different types of animals, would take refuge from the waters of the flood. Thus, in our portion and verse, the word emche cannot be understood simply as to wipe them all out, as to obliterate everything, because not everyone would be obliterated from this world. Actually, there's no need to fall back on the following portion of Nayach at all, as in our portion itself, the Torah tells us, in the following verse, that Noach found favor in God's eyes. That verse tells us that we can't explain the words, I will wipe them out, emche, to mean the entirety of mankind, as Noach finding favor in God's eyes clearly won't be included in the wipeout. In fact, there isn't even an actual need for this verse to support Rashi's explanation. Because when we read the verse and the words that tell us that in this world filled with people, many of the people were corrupt, as were many animals, we understand that emcha doesn't mean that God intends to wipe out all of mankind and all animal life. And so Rashi explains the intention of the word emcha in this case, unlike the word used regarding a molek, as I will wipe him out by obliterating him with water. Therefore, thereby, leaving Noach and his family to live, and that's not a discrepancy, as Emchahir did not mean a complete annihilation, rather a watery wipeout, which would take all the creatures and all of men who were not protected from the water, as Noach and his family and the creatures who entered the ark with him were. And therefore, Rashi explains the words, Nihamti kiasisim, I had to think because I made them, not as regret for having created man. God did not regret the creation of Nayach and his family. 
And it's not a discrepancy to the earlier verse where Rashi explains emcha as to regret and says wherever the term nichum or nichum is to regret and says wherever the term nichum is used, it suggests regret of one's decision as there was a reassessing, but it was not a reassessing of the creation of man or a regret of the creation of man. It would seem fair to ask how we can say that because God loved Nayach and all who are with him in the ark alive, Rashi's forced to explain that the intention of the words, I have to think because I made them, is anything but regret for creating man. Rashi himself explains these words to mean that God had regret and his thoughts changed to thoughts of judgment. There's also the question, if God regretted his decision, how did humankind continue to exist? What's the actual difference between the word v'nichamti, which is translated to mean and I regretted, and the words v'yenachem Hashem, and Hashem thought, explained by Rashi, as Hashem had to think, that makes it possible for Rashi to change the actual actual explanation of a word with the very same root and explain it as saying, God saying, I have to think what to do. The way to understand this is via the words in the earlier verse that tell us, and he, God, became grieved in his heart, indicating that God was having an internal dialogue, not making a verbal declaration, internal thought versus external speech. Rashi, in fact, uses the word thought many times in his explanation. His thinking was changed. It arose in his thought. Since the nichum, the regret, wasn't thought only, it's not difficult to understand why it did not necessarily become action. It wasn't an action put into practice via the commitment of a spoken word. When God declares something, it must be. So because all humankind was not destroyed, it could not mean regretting creation. Accordingly, we understand that between the first verse, verse 6, and the next verse, verse 7, something shifted. When God said, Emcha es ha'adam, I will wipe man out, he did not intend it as he did in verse 6, when he indeed regretted creation of mankind and animal life in his thoughts. And therefore the decree of wiping things out with water, Nayach and his family and all who were in the ark were not included in the decree of wiping the world out. What caused the change? What made this practical decree a lighter one when at first God had thought to destroy mankind. God considered that he had made them. God thought to himself, they're the work of my hands. Therefore, I have to find a way to continue their existence. And so God could wipe out man by water only, not causing a total annihilation. Accordingly, we understand that Rashi's explanation of Nihamti, I considered what to do, doesn't negate the rule that the word nichum is a regret and reconsidering of something, as he says in the previous verse. This verse too speaks of regret, but not 
over the creation of man. Rather, God regrets and reassesses the thought to annihilate all of creation in total. Rashi's explanation on the words Kinichamti is like all matters in Torah, a lesson in our spiritual service. Rashi cannot explain Nichamti in verse 7 as regret for creation as he does in verse 6 because our verse begins with the words Vayoymer Hashem and God said and God's speech is a decree that must see fulfillment which teaches us a lesson and how, in how careful one must be with one's speech. Sadikim, righteous people, and all of Israel are called righteous, are like our Creator. Our words have impact. Thus, we must be uber careful to never speak badly of another, because our very words can cause damage. Even when one thinks badly of another, one transgresses a severe prohibition. But the damage one can cause to the other is not as great. But when the thought is expressed in speech, it will cause another suffering. Thus our sages teach, three are harmed with Lashon Hara. Not only the one who speaks, not only the one who listens, but also the one who is being spoken of. And if you ask, well, two of them transgress the prohibition of speaking Lashon Hara, but how is the other guy guilty? Why should he suffer if they were talking about him? And the answer is that speech brings something out of a state of concealment into a revealed state. A thought is something no one knows about. It's yours and it's internal. But speech changes the character of thought and reveals it publicly. God awaits man's tshuva for something he did as long as it is not spoken of. Even it is absolutely true that someone did something wrong. But once one's actions are revealed into the spoken world, there's a decree that this will cause suffering and bring suffering and cause damage to another. An additional lesson, of course, from this Rashi is the way one should think. God's regret of creation did not manifest in speech because God considered that it was he who had created the world and thus he who needed to think of a solution to the state of existence, which was to leave Noach and his family and the species of animals alive. God never took the thought in the direction of annihilating the world entirely. It was a thought of regret, and it never became even a thought of annihilation. It never led to a thought of action. Our lesson here is that even if we observe an abundance of negative in another Jew to the extent that his thoughts and desires are indeed empty of all goodness, we must first be cognizant of the fact that every Jew is the handiwork of God. We should never pass judgment, God forbid, even in thought, rather to seek to judge another for good. If God, who truly knows all of man's thoughts and makes no errors, sees that the negative in man is overwhelming, yet he holds back from passing judgment. Surely we, who are also capable of error, are forbidden from passing a negative judgment upon another. Because perhaps it is not as it appears, and the Mishnah tells us to judge every other person favorably.